The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming health tech. From AI to robotics and beyond, we're reinventing what's possible, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. LinkedIn presents... Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engaged, a Wall Street alum, a LinkedIn top voice on racial equality. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DEI champion, and most importantly, a mother. And my superpower is storytelling. She's a darn good storyteller. Well, listen, if you have been following our show, you know Misa and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces from my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And at our table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out. And then we provide you with tips that you need, not on how to survive, but how do you thrive wherever you are in organizations? So, Mita, what are we talking about today? Okay, so the title is How to Influence When You Don't Have the Title. How to Influence Ooh. When You Don't Have the Title. So, D and I want to talk about this, unpack and spill some tea, and leave you some tips at the end on this conversation. But, D, we're actually going to, drumroll please, take a question from one of our followers, audience members from Brown Table Talk community. And actually a (laughs) shout out to Warren and Rich, who are our super producers. They actually said, you know, we get so many. D, I know. You're Mm -hmm. dominating Instagram. You're on LinkedIn. I'm dominating LinkedIn. I'm trying to get on Instagram. We get so many messages from people who they feel like the episodes have really touched a chord. Someone said, D, do you remember this? She's like, it's like you read my personal journal. Yes. 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 Yeah. We have allies reaching out. Okay. So we thought this would be great. So let me, I'm actually not sharing the person's name because I didn't ask for her permission. So I'm just going to read the note to you, Dee. Are you ready? Okay. 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 Let's go. I was wondering if you and Dee can share, put a limelight on influencing without title. One of the challenges I'm facing in my career is folks not inviting me me to meetings, even though they know that my role is critical for the meeting. Mm -hmm. As a new budding product manager, I've introduced myself to every program manager, product manager, and almost everyone in the realm, yet I see this constant, quotes, no invitation. There is Mm -hmm. once in a while where I see an advocate standing up for me, but most of the time that is halfway through. I am at this point really unsure as how to navigate the situation and bring this up to my leadership as well. And she does identify as a woman of color. Dee, can I just say this to you? I got to say this because I, say come it, from the it, school of, I come from the school of DC say Marshall. It, I read this note and I was like, immediately you came into my head and I was like, this is what Dee would say. Why don't you give her the title? Why doesn't she have the title? Why that, are we even part, having this part. conversation? How right. to influence when you don't have the title? Give her the title. Give her the title. If I read... Go back and rewind and listen to what I just said that she wrote to us. 
She is doing the work, but doesn't mm-hmm. have the title. She's in all the mm-hmm. meetings. I was literally like, I, this is because I come from the school of DC Marshall. Mm-hmm. This is what mm-hmm. D has taught me. But D, yeah. what say you to what's your reaction to that note? I mean, we can get into it, but I was like, wow. That's it. That's it. It's no, we're not going to influence without the title. Let's first start with, you know, making a case for the title. And so Mm, this is so frustrating. I see it a lot. I see a lot of folks, let's just say in our professional space uh, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is an amazing tool that allows us to all work together, right? And when I see people with titles, and again, there's nothing wrong with these titles, but it's only, there's only something wrong when you're doing more and you deserve a higher title. So there's nothing wrong with senior manager, senior director, or manager or director in and of itself. But if, and when you are doing the work, a lot of my colleagues and folks that I've worked with, I'm thinking, why is she a director? Why isn't she Mm -hmm. a VP? Yes. And so I think, yes, I think part of this is Making a case for the title, meaning making a case for the work, and being able to respectfully, I'm going to say, I don't know a better word to use in challenge, right? Um, yes. And and then I think it's when you have mentors and or allies and or sponsors in the space, right. they can make the case for there is a discrepancy here and we need to fix it of where if D is doing the work or Misa is doing the work, why then wouldn't she have X? So I think that's the bigger, the bigger issue. And I think we are now in a window of opportunity to, mm-hmm. to make make a case for that. I think when I say window of opportunity, everybody, I'm talking about post the diversity tipping point, which is the period beginning May of 2020, when corporate America acknowledged for the very first time, uh, Black Lives, uh, air quotes, do matter, and we are anti-racist, and we shifted to DNI 3.0. I think there's a window of opportunity that you could have these conversations that yeah. may not have been, they may not have been open to before. So just, mm-hmm. again, asking about where there's discrepancy. So that's my initial thought, Mita. Yes. And I want to give a shout out to Diverse and Engaged, which DC Marshall is the CEO and founder of, and that they coined the term diversity tipping point, which I have, I don't know, used how many times in writings and and remarks. I just think it's really powerful the way you have positioned. And respectful. It's respectful Respectful, because we're talking about business. Absolutely. Yes. So I want to talk to that person's boss. I wish I knew who that person's boss was, right? Because, okay, positive intent, the impact and how it's landing on her. Sometimes I think some bosses think they're doing us a favor. Mm -hmm. Oh, but we're going to give you the exposure. Look at all the things she's doing right? She's in all these meetings. She's probably being tapped to go into all these meetings. She's probably maybe even being tapped to go in when her boss can't go in. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I've seen bosses think, oh, well, but I'm giving Dee the exposure. Like Mm -hmm. she gets to go meet with my peers and she gets to go meet with the division president and all of these things. But if Dee is so amazing and you trust her to do that, give her the title, pay her what she's worth, give her the credit and recognition. And so that to me is the miss here. And that's what I wish I could just talk to this boss and be like, listen, but listen, the good news is we've got a big community of listeners. And I so know some someone's listening who is yeah. leading people right now and potentially is making this mistake or is about to make this mistake. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days. 
all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. A couple thoughts. One, it's risky. It's risky yes. business now for companies to have still uh, that type of behavior within right. um, corporate America. It's very risky because we live in a highly social digital world. You know, people are talking and people are watching. So employees within institutions are talking online, offline. Um, and then there are also the powers who be are asking and probing around these kinds of things of where there might be women of color, people of color historically underrepresented, um, and they are they are not being treated equally. That is a new theme at another level right now. It's always been there in terms of equal opportunity, but right now, just know if you're listening and you're an ally, know that it's risky business to have these one-offs. In fact, let me just also give a little bit of clarity here. You know, th- there's a difference between systemic racism and surface. And sometimes uh, surface is, you know, it's an individual, right? An individual blocking and stopping. And then sometimes it's uh, systemic where it's part of the system of where, oh, uh, we don't increase more than 4% or 10% or or a a certain percentage over uh, your current pay. And, oh, we only can increase your title, you know, in incremental needle moves or, you know, and so I think for allies listening, you also have to sort through that high reputational risk in terms of individual behaviors of stopping and preventing titles and promotions versus systemic. And then here's the last piece I'll say, Mita, and give it back to you. It's what are the comps? What are the comps? When you talk about exposure, exposure, oh, we're giving D exposure. Oh, we're putting her in rooms and oh, we're going to give her, you know, a bit of an increase. We're going to give her a bonus or we're going to give her a 4% increase. You're going to give her a 6% or 7%, but you're not going to give her the title. Okay. What are the comps? So let's just talk about the comps Comps. and the um, equity integrity. Everybody hashtag EIC, equity integrity code. And equity integrity code means that, right, you have to level up. Uh, Businesses now, corporations now, have to level up historically underrepresented women of color, people of color, level up, meaning title, headcount, budget, and income. Meaning it has to be leveled up to comparable uh, majority population. So in that corporation or company, if the majority population are women, and it could may just be women, or in another corporation, majority population may be white women, okay? Uh, And then let's say scenario three may be majority population white cisgender males, then whatever the majority is, then if I, as a woman of color, I'm not in the room and I need to influence, but I don't have the title, what are the comps in that place? If you have white cisgender male, then would you give exposure? Where have you given exposure? Tell us the last three individuals in the company, there's always the rule of three. You have to look at the last three in the last year who you've given exposure 
when they deserved a title. So that's what it means to look at the comps. And that's going to protect all of us. So for allies listening, you're now equipped with some framing and language in terms of what's risky business, what's Mm -hmm. high reputational risk. And by the way, we're not even going to get into how corporations now um, are being required and watched. We'll talk about ESG and being responsible with people in another episode, but this is for allies listening and also for women of color. You do not need to know how to be influential without a title, even though you do. But for now, let's say no. No, you need to argue for the title. And allies, you need to step in for the title. You need to look right now. When somebody sends you an email, if I send you an email, you see my signature says senior director, but you know that the comp says VP, the dude in the cubicle or the office down the hall, his <laughs> signature says vice president. And you're like, well, hell, D, D does that. Mita, why is Mita? I'm sorry. Let me pause mm. there, friend. Listen, enough with the exposure. Give out the titles. Give exposure. the titles. Enough with the exposure. What I really liked what you said there is allies step in because sometimes it's the boss who's the blocker, right? It's the boss who's not giving me the title. But imagine the ecosystem we work in. Imagine if it's a client, if it's an agency, if it's someone yeah. external who says, you know, I've been working with D for six months now. I'm curious as to why her title is senior director. It should yeah. really be vice president. How powerful is that? Is it if yeah. it's actually somebody who's a partner of your organization, but doesn't sit in your organization? But also, what about the other vice presidents who say, yeah. you know what? I have watched D. I have worked with D for the last six months, a year. She should be a yeah. vice president. She's doing the yeah. same level. How powerful is that for a white man? to yes, approach the boss is. behind closed doors and have that conversation. Because we know these conversations are happening behind closed doors. And so that's the power of allyship. Because I think that oftentimes people see these things happening in our workplaces and they think, well, who am I to get involved? D doesn't work for me. I'm not the boss. But you actually might be the boss's peer. Or you might yes. have influence with your division president, who D actually reports into. So that's what I want people to really think about. Like we all spend way too much time at work, right? We spend a lot of time at work and we spend a lot of time together and we have to look out for each other. That's really what it's about. Look out for the people who you're working with and who are around you. And it doesn't take anything away. So again, to add to your point about an ally stepping in, you know, it's not, this is not a zero sum game. So you as an ally having the conversation, it increases your value and your, um, I'm going to say leadership, uh, EQ, legacy, it's additive for an ally to step in. And you may not identify, not everybody identifies with ally, but as an advocate or as a champion, again, it's a way to level up for allies and advocates and champions. And it doesn't take anything away. You are a greater leader. I'm going to tell you something. The leaders who have now and next are the ones who are really able to disrupt, disrupt is the word, disrupt Disrupt and interrupt this uh, exclusive behavior, microaggressions. Those are the leaders who are really the stand up and stand out. And they're going to be the leaders of now and next. Otherwise, for the leaders, right, the allies right now, the advocates right now, the champions right now, 
who are sitting passively saying, who am I? Well, look, you can be somebody if you step up, okay? And so anyway, I just wanted to say that because, and and again, it doesn't take anything away. If I am the majority pop, if I'm a white cis male, listen, I've got plenty of access, plenty of resources. I've got plenty of cards to play. I've got plenty in my social capital bank account. I've, I've got a lot. I've got so much that I can give and share and still I'm going to survive. I'm going to thrive. I'm going to do well. It's not going to reduce me. I'm not going to lose friends. I am not as a white man. You cannot convince me if I am a white cis male that I'm going to lose friends. No, it's not going to happen. If you are a white man listening to this conversation who is working on your journey to be an ally for women of color, this is going to help you. This is going to make you look like an even stronger, bigger, better leader. People are going to want to come work for you, right? Because they see how you're advocating behind the scenes, advocating in front of the room, advocating in public, privately. It actually helps build your own leadership brand, which I think people miss, right? So there's the the two-way street. But as you say, to our WB network, any of the white boys or friends listening in, I want you to reach out to me and D. I'm curious if you've ever had to influence without a title. I'm curious. Yes. Really oh curious. Oh my goodness, that's a good question. Is there something I say, is there in this insight, is it tied to stats perhaps? Because look at the yep. stats of how when you know companies will say, we have strong entry level, mid you know, mid-level diversity of representation. And all of a sudden it drops because you're not promoting any of the women of color. You won't give them the title. You're giving them exposure. Just a thought. I don't know. But Dee, I want to go back to some practicality here for the person who reached out to us because I've been in this situation. What do you do? How do you influence when you don't have the title? And yes, Dee and I are giving some great advice, which might not be practical in the moment. So I want to, I've been in this situation before and I wanted to offer some of my thoughts. One of the things I have done in those situations with ties goes back to your advocacy piece is like, let's say there are meetings you're not being invited to, but you know what the invite list is, okay? So I go on the invite list. I'm not being invited, but I know I should be there. I will find D, who's vice president of whatever division, and I'll go get a coffee with D. And I'll start to build a relationship with D. And I'll talk to her about my work and I'll say, you know, D... I've actually, my boss has told me that it's critical for me to be in these meetings and I'm sure it's an oversight, but I keep being left out. It would really mean a lot to me if you could make sure if I'm in the room and Dee's going to be like, oh yeah, Mina needs to be in the room. Every time we meet, she's showing me all her ideas and the recommendations. So that's one way. And then if for some reason the meeting happens and Mita's not there, Dee's going to be like, wait, we can't have this meeting without Mita. Didn't I tell you all to include her in the invite? Or, hey, it's a Zoom. Let me just slack her. Let her come in. So that is one way. And then it goes back to the advocacy piece because then over time, Dee's going to say, Mita should have always been a vice president. Like, I'm watching her. I'm seeing her move in meetings. I'm talking to her offline. And so that's my big piece of advice is like, you've got to make those one-on-one connections because then when people come into the meeting they will say your name and they will think of you and they will bring you in. Yeah. I, I love that. That is so, that is so bossy. I'm so proud of you, friend. That's, that's listen, good. I come from the you school know, of I, DC I, Marshall. I tell you, I, you taught me everything I learned. No, listen, the student has now become the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, look, you, you were already, you always a boss, uh, you know, C-suite, you were in route. 
uh, already way back then with you, even with your team, you had a rock star team, but let me add to this before we sure. close out and move to tips. Um, I love that idea. And I think you're spot on is building relationships. Yes. And it's um, also deciding that you want to be an expert in a particular area or a very specific area where you are additive, where you can add value. And so being known as the expert, having insight that yes. nobody else has is part of then Ooh. how you can have that conversation. So I'd say become the expert. How do you influence when you don't have the title? Become the expert. Give a different lens and a different frame that mm. is additive. And that is how you get invited into the room. Another is social capital. So yes. to your point, Mita, about those relationships, it's building the social capital. When you have a lot of rich relationships, and I'm going to be quite honest, they are even off-site and offline and out of work, out of the workplace. Uh, think about social circles, cultural circles. In fact, at DNE and before I scaled the company and when I directly was the coach, I would say, look, you've got to leverage a few different networks. You need a WB network, the white boy network. I have my WB friends and they are really good because I they're my sounding board. They, they'll say, D, no, that's not how that goes for, for me. So you need a WB network. You need your in-group, your in-kind network. So meaning culturally, religious, faith groups. Um, you need a BG, a brown girl network. You need that. You need a brown girl. You need this a WB. This is our network right here. This is our network. We have, yes. a, we have, a, we have a really sweet network. Yes, we uh, do. I mean, think the notes that we share with our others, you know, yes. Nita. Yes. And so that's another way to become, again, to add value and to be able to, to be invited in the room because what happens is then folks now want to be in your space. They see you and then strategically you show up in the public domain, right? And so when they see your boss and sauce and gloss, when they see the social drip, everybody say it with me, social drip. Social, social drip. Hashtag social Ooh, drip. Love that. <laughs> hashtag social drip. Oh, yes. When they see the social trip. So yeah, so those are some of the ways to do it. But I but I really lean into expertise. Um, we focus on expert, be the expert and have insight on time sensitive, time relevant, like hard news, right? It's dated, it's sensitive, breaking news, breaking themes. You know, more recently, Diverse and Engaged has been tapped in um, ESG as early adopters, first movers. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you something. I leave conversations where, oh, D, we'll follow up in, you know, in Q1 or Q2 or Q let's just say three months, and then I'll drip yeah, what meeting? Oh, you're having your board meeting? FYI, this is going to be the conversation just so you know it's a new lens. Guess what happened? They're scrambling now like, oh, shut. I need to get on D. Can we get a meeting? And so, so what I'm saying, everybody, is just become the expert and have right? The most relevant, time-specific, hard news so that you can understand the business from from that perspective. So I hope that's helpful. Um, let, let me tell you, I am so lucky to have been coached by you. I know you you are overstretched, my friend, now. Well, I'm the client you can't get rid of, so that's it. Drip, drip. Love that. Drip, drip with the expertise. I love it. All right, all. These conversations go by way too fast, Dee, but I'm just going to drip, drip, social drip, drip. I just love that. Okay, as we head into tips, let's get into the tips, Dee on how to influence when you don't have a title. D, go ahead with one and two. 
Yeah. Number one is ask. Have you made the ask? Because a lot of times, I think we've talked about this culturally, is we expect, they see my work, they know my work. So number one is ask the boss, have the conversation. Number two is a strategic offline building relationships. As Mita mentioned, offer or find an opportunity for lunch or for coffee with the other influencers who are in the meeting and drip, drip, seed, explore, make it known about your intentions. And Mita, you for number three. Number three, D, stop with the exposure. Give me the title. Enough exposure. Give the title. And D, that's all for today. Thank you all so much. We love you and appreciate you. Thank you to the LinkedIn Podcast Network. If you love this conversation, please leave a review. Please share it with someone who needs it today. And we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.roundtabletalkpodcast.com.